Hello and welcome to the V2 Football Podcast. I'm here with Brentford goalkeeper Richard Lee. Hello, Richard. Hello. You started off your career in the Watford Academy. How did that come about? Uh, to be honest, I was very young. I was uh, was I ten years old, and uh, it was a little bit of a random one in that uh, we had the local uh, the local team that I played for. Our uh, chairman was involved with Watford. He was a, a scout for them, so we kind of had a link to Watford anyway. And he came and watched a few of our games, and one game in particular that he came and watched. Uh, it was quite a big game. We knew that he was watching, so obviously everyone was trying to impress him. Uh, and unfortunately, we won 10-0. So I didn't touch the ball. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully, my manager at the time, you know, I, was, I had a good season. I was only a kid, obviously, but I was having a good season. So he put me forward. Uh, and I remember I went on trial when I was a 10-year-old, and there was, uh, I think, six other keepers, seven other keepers at the time. And uh, thankfully, over time, I kind of uh, managed to get myself ahead of them. And I was with them until the age of 27. So, uh, yeah, it was certainly not the way in which most kids do it now. But it was, um, yeah, it was it worked for me. You made your debut against Preston in 2003. Tell me about that moment for you. Yeah, that was kind of, a, I suppose, a build-up of, you know, I think I was twenty twenty-one at the time. So, you know, 10 years worth of being at Watford. It was something I'd always dreamed about. Um, and... Yeah, I remember that. I still remember the day like it was yesterday because it was. I wasn't expecting to play, uh, and we had actually. The reason I played the game was we had a big game coming up at the weekend, and he decided to rest the goalkeeper at the time. So, uh, I remember we were having pre-match food, and the manager called me to one side and told me that I was making my debut. And I went to call my dad to tell him, and it turned out that the goalkeeper coach had already told him because they obviously knew that I was making my debut. And uh, my dad had already arranged for 20, 25 of my mates to come down and watch, and uh, they, yeah, they were all there. And um, yeah, and it was it was incredible. We lost the game one nil, um, but I, I ended up getting man of the match, and yeah, and that was just a night I'll never forget. You eventually managed to establish yourself as the first team keeper at Watford, which actually had to happen a few times. How did that happen? How did you manage to get yourself into that position? Yeah, it's. I suppose as a keeper, there's always you're always reliant to, to get a chance. You're always reliant on a bit of bad fortune to someone else. So ordinarily, it'd either be an injury, uh, a sending off, or a loss of form. Uh, and in this case, it was an injury, an injury to the the number one at the time, Alec Chamberlain. And it gave me an opportunity to play a couple of games, which went well. And then uh, two games turned into to 10, which turned into 30. And before you knew it, I'd, you know, I'd sort of established myself, uh, which and unfortunately, I then got injured myself later on that season and, and lost my place again. But it's uh, that's obviously the nature of being a goalkeeper. But yeah, no, I've had a, a bit of a stop start career in a lot of ways because I've been number one for several seasons and I've been number two for several seasons. So it's, um, yeah, it's been about half and half, really. In 2010, you ultimately left Watford for Brentford, your current side. Was that a hard decision to make? Yeah, really hard. Um, possibly the the hardest decision I've had because I could have stayed. I had a, had an offer from Watford, um, but I I kind of realised I'd got into a bit of a rut. I hadn't played for two years. I've been sat on the bench, and I, I was almost too comfortable. You know, I got into certainly got into a comfort zone where. Uh, I was at a club that I loved and that I had a very you know good name at and, and the fans were great to me but I kind of realized that I wasn't really progressing you know I'd, I'd got to a point where I was a number two and that's how I was seen so I knew that I needed to do something different the Brentford opportunity came up uh, and I could see that Brentford were going places they've you know obviously got a great owner and they've got a very good manager now and, and what have you so at the time, I knew it was a, the decision I had to make and it meant that I could go and get some first-team football and, and re-establish myself. OK, right. Tell me about that penalty shootout. 
Richardson penalty shootout. Uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of built a bit of a, a, I suppose, a name for myself with with penalties over the years, and I think. Um, I mean, I've always been a bit of a geek when it comes to goalkeeping and penalties in particular. And I, I think there's ways in which you can give yourself an advantage as a keeper. And that one in particular, I knew where one of their takers was going to go. Um, and I, I knew he would. I, I, so I'd seen footage. And um, so that kind of, I knew I'd save his one. Um, but then the other two, it was just it was just a feeling. The way that they run up, the way, uh, the, the little signs that they give when they're about to take a penalty. And I just felt so confident. So added to that, I felt good. I, I was, um, you know, I felt explosive that night as well, and it just, yeah, it just went my way, and it was, yeah, it was, it was an odd feeling when I saved the third one, saved three in a row. It, it was a bit of an odd feeling, and you know, when we uh, we got the winning penalty, scored the winning penalty, yeah, it was such a buzz, you know, and it was a, a crazy couple of weeks after that. Okay, I want to talk about the current season at the moment. Brentford are exceeding all expectations. I don't think anyone thought they'd be where they are at the moment. Fifth in the Championship, fighting for promotion, newly promoted side themselves. Just why exactly is it all going so well? For me, it's the way in which we play football. It's uh, I've been in a lot of teams uh, years gone by where you're you're reliant on an element of luck. I guess you know you you uh, the the style of football will often be getting the ball into good areas and, uh, and and kind of reliant on mistakes often. But the way in which we play, I think now you keep the ball for such long periods of time, you you dictate play a little bit and. You know, very rare do we, very rarely do we play it long. It's always playing through the thirds, and uh, you know we got some fantastic players in terms of manipulating the football and uh, you know range of passing and what have you. And I think because of all that, we the way in which we played the season, there's been very few games where we've actually been outplayed. Probably only one or two. So we're not there by luck. And I think this is the biggest thing for me that the way in which we play is is uh, it's been proven to be arguably the most effective style of football uh, and then it's a bit of a cliche but we do have a really tight squad there's you know it's um it is a it, have all the sort of team spirits and everything that I've had over the years this is the best there's you know the lads get on very very well there's uh, a very a very healthy competition for places and there's a real excitement as well you know we're in we're playing these teams that these supposedly you know very very big teams and we're going and we're out playing a lot of them and uh, and there's just a real feel good feeling around the place well, you speak about that feel good feeling for a club that's just come from League One and is fighting for promotion spots, tell me about the atmosphere around the club at the moment. Oh, it's incredible. You know, it's just, I, you know, you speak to a lot of Brentford fans and, and this is by far the best team that they've seen. You know, it's um, it wasn't so long ago that Brentford were, were struggling in, in League Two and, uh, and and this was this was miles away, you know. And now that the football the football that we're playing is very very good. Uh, there's the excitement of the new stadium that we're due to move into in in a couple of years' time as well. And they, a big big uh, word of credit has to go to the owner Matthew Benham, who's so forward thinking, very very intelligent man, and is just building this machine, which is you know it's, it's really built on solid foundation. So I think. That's that all adds to the excitement. It's not going to be a flash in the pan success story. It's something that's built to last, uh, and it's, you know, it, it, and when teams come down to Griffin Park in particular, it is such a tight little ground with you know diehard fans. It's a really good atmosphere that that we create. So I think there's so many different things that play their part into why we're doing as well as we are. I can feel the positivity in your voice at the moment, but tell me. People, people must be whispering about it just a little bit. Do you think you can do it this year? Successive promotions. I, I don't see why not. I mean, 
you know, something we're very aware of is that we need to keep our feet on the ground because, you know, ultimately you see teams that they lose one and all of a sudden they lost three or four and, and we could be mid-table. Wolverhampton Wanderers are a good example. They were top, uh, you know, a few weeks ago and now they're 11th. So it can change very, very quickly. I think we speak a lot about controlling what you can control. I think providing we keep doing the right things, training hard, living well, minimize our injuries and, and all that, then we all, we have a great chance. You know, nothing's guaranteed, but we have a very, very good chance. You know, again, we're not up there by luck. It's not that we've got a load of last minute winners or we've, we've scraped through certain games. We're up there on merit. So I think it is just that realization. And also what we've done really well so far, which we need to continue to do well, is to bounce back whenever we do have a setback. You know, we, we very rarely lose two in a row which you know any any standard of football is a, a big quality to have so um will we get promoted i'd say it's still unlikely but we're certainly going to give it a very a very best shot it must be a strange feeling though having just come up from league one to being potentially one win away from being the top of a championship come new year it must be a very strange feeling oh it's it's crazy you know i suppose people keep asking like you know are you, are you surprised by it and to be honest, like no, I, I suppose having seen what the, the standard of players that we've got, and obviously I was fortunate enough to play play um, well play at the Premier League level, but also majority of my time at the Championship level, um, I'm aware how good this team is. Like there's the the type of character we've got as well. It's it's hungry young individuals that that want to improve themselves. Which I know you'd think you'd get that at any football club, but you don't always get that. You know, often you'll have players that are coming to the end of their career or have lost the love of the game. But it, you've got a bunch of uh, you know young professionals that just are striving to succeed and are being incentivized to succeed. Um, and it's again, it just all adds to the character and the culture of the club. Um, no, so you know, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, sometimes you have to pinch yourself, but it's, like I say, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think, you know, whether we get promoted or not, I'm not sure, but it will be a very good season one way or another. Um, and a big part of that is because we've got the right people in place higher up. OK, I want to ask some questions about your career, your thoughts on football at the moment. The loan system has played a considerable part in your career. You've been on loan once to Blackburn and you've had a lot of players come into the clubs where you are, you are playing who have come in on loan and potentially played your position. From your perspective, from your experiences, what are your thoughts on the loan system? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. You know, it is what it is, and it's. Uh, I think the way in which football is now. Uh, I suppose I've never really looked at it like that, but the way in which football is now, um, the bigger clubs have the facilities whereby they they will produce the better youngsters because they'll ordinarily get the most talented ones at a young age. And then they've got the environment, the training facilities that they've got in order to nurture them in such a way so that they will go on to succeed. So what ends up happening is at the age of 17, 18, lads that are at Chelsea, Man United, Man City, etc., that need to get some first team football will filter down into the lower leagues. So, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's the way that it is. And I think the standard of football as a whole will continue to rise because of that. And a lot of these players that will go on to be England internationals, they're going to need to have three, four, five loans before they actually get a chance at their, their parent club. And that's just the way it is. You know, it's um, we're all aware of it. There are certain rules in place so that not too many loans can be made by each club. Uh, and I've certainly never looked at it as a negative thing. Um, as you say, it so happens that a couple of the lads that have been ahead of me have been on loan. But, yeah, that's kind of part and parcel of the game. Um, you know, I'm sure if I were in their position, I'd have been desperate for a loan myself. Who's the best manager you've ever played under? Well, that's a tough question. Um, I've been fortunate, actually. I've, 
you know, it seems like a lot of the people that I've worked with uh, have, have gone on to some big things, you know, obviously Brendan Rodgers, um, although not going uh, as planned this season, has certainly, you know, certainly done very, very well for himself. Um, Malky Mackay, you know, I know he's had a bit of negative press, but again, as a manager, he's done very, very well. Uh, I was never actually under Sean Dyche, but I played with Sean Dyche. And again, he's doing some great things at Burnley. Um and that you know, and, all, and Graham Taylor even he was the first one to sign me at Watford, which you know he had, obviously had a fantastic uh, managerial career with Watford. So, but that all being said, I, I don't know. This is surprising, but I would say Mark Warburton, and I think the reason being is that his philosophy, his idea on football matches mine uh, in a lot of ways. In that I think certainly his man management style, he runs it like you would run a good business. You know, he's he's got a lot of respect for all the players. He isn't a, a, a screamer and a baller or anything like that. He's just very, very calm in everything he does. It is the idea of continual improvement. Um, and it, the, the place has got a structure. There is an environment that he's creating. So again, it's, you know, it's not about game to game. It's the bigger picture. It's building something, you know, building a, a team and a squad and a system, even down to the youth team. You know, it's that kind of idea that you build a culture within a club and I think in such a short period of time uh, he's building something very very powerful and I think the way in which he's going about it will see him manage at the very highest level okay two-part question here who's the best player you've ever played alongside and who's the best player you've ever faced uh, well, faced would have to be Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> uh, we played. I played against him a few times, three times um, when we played Man United. He was, yeah, obviously he's an extraordinary player, um, and he scored a few past me. So yeah, <laughs> definitely go with him. Um, played with a uh, tough one. I mean, I've played with uh, Ashley Young and uh, a couple of other guys that have had good careers in the Premier League, Mike Williamson, a couple of others. But I would, as a goalkeeper, I'd probably say uh, Ben Foster and Brad Friedel, I guess, would be almost a joint tie. You know, I work with both of them and they're both excellent for different reasons. You know, uh, Brad Friedel is a model of consistency. Um, ben Foster, you know, so powerful and, and so effective in how he plays the game. You know, both excellent, excellent goalkeepers. Okay, this is what I've asked every footballer I've interviewed so far, and I get some really varied, varied answers. Money is an increasingly, money is increasingly playing a bigger and bigger part of the game, from wages and transfers to ticket prices and merchandise. Do you think the increase of money in football has been a good thing or a bad thing? And are there any aspects which you, as a footballer, have experienced particularly positively or negatively? Um, is it good or bad? I, I suppose it is what it, it is. What it is, it's you know, it's. People are aware that the better you do in a job, the more you're going to get paid. And football ultimately is the most, arguably the most competitive job uh, to have. You know, everybody wants to be a footballer. So if you are the likes of a Wayne Rooney or whoever, then you're going to get paid very well because it's what everyone wants to do. And then part of the attraction is that you earn good money. You know, it's um, would would the standard of football be as high if the wages were lower? Arguably, no. I mean. Okay, they have got slightly extortionate now, maybe. But obviously, if the rewards weren't there, then... And this is the same in any walk of life. If the rewards aren't there, people won't push themselves. When the rewards are there, people go to extraordinary lengths in order to be as good as they can be, you know? And uh, and as I say, they have got slightly extortionate now. I'll, I'll certainly agree with that. Um, but I think, you know, being a footballer, being anything at the top of your game is always going to be paid well because it's, you know, that that's that's what uh, I suppose is, is the goal in life, to maximise what you can do in, in any chosen pursuit. And if you get to the top, then you, you will be rewarded. Um, in terms of it sort of 
positively or negatively impacting um i suppose my only thing would be you know you hear about the amount of footballers that go bankrupt after playing mm. um i just I, I suppose it just for me there needs to be a bit more education certainly when the lads are earning these big sums of money you know and and good on good on the lads that are earning it but just having somebody around them or whether it be the pfa or something just to just to get them to do the right things with it and that's not to say they can't spend it or live their lives but just have a realization that you know your your football career can end at any minute and it is a short career really short career and you come out of the game with nothing or like you know in terms of education really um so like it's and this is where you know the the lads at the very top ordinarily will be fine because they've earned the kind of sums where you can just have enough in the bank to keep you going for the rest of your life but the reality is the majority of lads don't earn that and they will retire I think the average age is sort of 26, 27. So, you know, you've got a good 50, 60 years to then go and find a job and, and do something else. So, I, you know, the advice I always give is to make sure you have something up and running along the side. And secondly, when you are earning good money, make sure that you, you're wise with it because it doesn't last forever. Well, you've sort of led into it with your answer there, but a lot of people are very, they're very enviable of the footballer's lifestyle and sometimes to a negative point. I feel that's where a lot of the criticism comes from. But for you, what is so different about the footballers' lifestyles? And are there any really unique aspects that people outside of football just can't really understand? Um, there's a lot more positives than negatives. Like it's, it is as simple as that. You know, the, the hours are shorter, although they are getting longer and longer because of how professional it is becoming now. Um, footballers get a bad press because, you know, they're, they're obviously in the spotlight. And if they do have a night out or, or something that isn't deemed to be what a footballer should do, then it will get highlighted, especially the ones that are earning big money. And there seems to be sometimes a bit of a um, people associate the fact that they're earning a load of money that they shouldn't be allowed to go out or drink or, or do whatever. I mean, mm. and, and to be honest, I think football's changed so much now and that it's very rare that a footballer will drink alcohol. It really, like it really is. And this time of the year, you'll, you'll hear lots of examples because of Christmas parties or something where, you know, you may see that footballers do go out and do that kind of thing. So uh, we're, I suppose we're very aware that you have a, uh, I suppose, a certain um spotlight on you and certainly with twitter and facebook and everything else nothing's really secret anymore so pretty much everything you do is going to be highlighted so you you have to be careful you know it's very easy to get um to get negative press so uh you know going back like i say there are far more but with that being said far more positives and negatives the only negatives for me is the fact that it is as structured as it is you know you've you obviously um you, you're, you're always uh, I suppose at times like this, whether Christmas and whatever, you know, you have to be very structured, but it's such a small price to pay for the positives. You know, you, you get to do a job that you love. You get to play in front of big crowds. You get the, the glory that comes with it and, and everything else. Um, you know, I think most lads, they'll take the few negatives for the, the many positives. Okay. You've written a book. It was published, uh, I think two years ago now, graduation life lessons of a professional footballer. Do you have any more plans for writing in the future? Uh, yeah, I do. Whether I'll write another book or not, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I had a, a, a blog with the Daily Mail, which was which was good. And I'd love to do more like that. And certainly more in regards to goalkeeping. Um, I mean, goalkeeping, uh, as well as being my job, it's my passion. You know, it's something that I, I, I don't believe gets the attention that it necessarily deserves. You know, you often see 
certain pundits on on TV that give goalkeepers a bit of a hard time, despite never having played in goal themselves, <laughs> which baffles me. Um, so I'd love to kind of focus in on that a little bit more, certainly on the media side. Uh, I've, I've got a business away from football that focuses on goalkeeper coaching as well, and I'd love to focus uh, a bit more on that. So in terms of writing, yeah, I do have plans to write a bit more. Um, again, whether I'll write another book, I'm not too sure. That was uh, it was a great experience and something that was on my on my bucket list. Uh, but I'd need something to really blow me away to, to to allow me to do that again. I've got to say, I agree with what you say about goalkeepers. As a goalkeeper for my Sunday League side, who has yet to concede less than five goals in a game, we get far too much stick for too little. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you, uh, you've set up the, uh, the goalkeeping school, uh, Goalkeeping Icon. Could you uh, right. tell me a little bit about that? What's that doing at the moment? Yeah, it's doing really well. Um, and it's been a few years in creation and, and it's, uh, you know, had a few tough times, but it's it's come through them and it's doing really well now. We've uh, I've got we've got the best part of I think thirty odd franchises now around the world that that are running their own GKI concessions in places such as Australia, New Zealand, America, uh, and several other countries, and and obviously a lot in England. So, no, I'm really proud of it. It's um, essentially it's a fantastic platform for goalkeeper coaches to build a business, uh, and it's something. I mean, I've got my own franchise within it as well, and got loads of centres locally, and you know we've got hundreds of goalkeepers attending our, our session, uh, our centres every week, which is, you know, from a personal point of view, uh, it's very rewarding. You know, we've had several keepers, well, more than several. We've had uh, I think it's about 15, 20 keepers now that have gone to different professional clubs. Uh, and sign contracts at different levels, whether you know from sort of ten years old upwards, which is which is great. So it's something where we're starting to make a bit of a difference and and starting to form lots of links with professional clubs and um, offering young goalkeepers an avenue whereby they can maximise their potential. Um, and yeah, it's just for me, it's 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 perfect because it allows me to combine my love of business, uh, entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it, with um, uh, with goalkeeping. So it's uh, yeah, it's ideal. You've also had uh, a little bit of a history uh, as being an entrepreneur. I'm sure a few people might remember your Dragon's Den appearance. What other things have you got going on at the moment in that sort of regard? Yeah, well, I've still got the the business that I went on Dragon's Den with, the uh, drcap.co.uk. Uh, <laughs> a little plug. Um, yeah, no, when, uh, we've still got that going. That's doing, that's doing well, um, which is an online-only headwear business now. Uh, and... Uh, I, I suppose I've been busy. I got my degree in media as well this year. So I suppose all the things that I preach about what footballers should do, I've I've tried to make reality for myself. The last sort of four or five years, I've really tried to set myself up so that as and when I do hang up my gloves, I'm ready to, to go into something else. So uh, the, certainly the goalkeeper business will take up a lot of my time. And uh, I've got one or two other little projects uh, as well that will, you know, they'll certainly keep me busy. Okay, well, thank you. It's been wonderful to have you on. It's been a very good interview. No problem. That was great. Great to uh, great to chat to you. Okay, thanks. Bye.